how do you mitigate your risk? Montel's forecasting services cover risks from hours ahead to years ahead. We welcome you to hedge your market exposure with our diverse forecasting portfolio. Contact us at sales@montelnews.com for more info and a free trial. Hello listeners and welcome to the Montel Weekly Podcast, bringing you energy matters in an informal setting. In today's special, we discuss the results of Sunday's general election in Germany and what it could mean for the country's energy policy. Will we see a traffic light or a Jamaica coalition? And what will the influence of the Greens be in government? Joining me, Richard Sverson, to discuss these matters is our old friend Tobias Federico, owner and managing director of analysis firm Energy Brainpool. A warm welcome to you, Tobias. Thank you, Richard. It's always a pleasure to talk to you and to our audience. Great to have you on board again. Let's sort of cut to the quick here, uh, Tobias, and talk about the election on Sunday. What are your first reactions? Were you surprised by the narrow SPD victory? especially after where they were polling, you know, earlier this year? With the polling this year, there was a big change in the last two to three months that the SPD would be one of the first groups. I, I was not really surprised. I was rather more surprised that it was so narrow between SPD and CDU. That was the surprise. The second surprise was really that there are only two, let's say, two and a half options left for coalitions. And that's a very interesting situation we are having in Germany right now. Is German politics becoming more fragmented, like, for example, in the Netherlands? And what's the implications for energy policy? Could it become uh, less stable? Or what, what's, what's your view here? Well, I don't think that policy will become less stable in Germany. It becomes much more fragmented than it used to be years ago. We have much more parties in the parliament. Germany was used to three parties. It was CDU, SPD and FDP, and that's it for years. But since 30 years, it has changed quite a lot. It's interesting that the two major, they, they call themselves people parties, Volksparteien, it seems that they are not covering all of the topics which are really necessary for the population. And there is a certain need in the population to focus stronger on certain topics. That's why they have been electing other parties rather than the big two ones. Hmm. But I think despite of the first three-party coalition we are going to see, most likely it won't be really unstable. You talked about two and a half sort of scenarios there. Talk us through those and which do you think are most likely? Well, um, usually the tra tradition is that the party with the, the most votes is starting to have uh, the coalition talks with the other partners or partners. Right now it's two of them. But um, interestingly, um, they are starting now that also the second biggest party, the CDU, because it's only one percentage point or one and a half percentage point behind the SPD, is also quite keen to become the leading party in uh, this whole process. So that's a bit new. So then we have the second ones or the, the third and fourth ones, which is uh, the, uh, the Green Party, which is really likely they're going to be in the parliament and the FDP. The others are not really important. So what's interesting, I think, is that it's very likely that the two smaller parties are in the new government. And what's interesting to see right now that usually the biggest party starts to initiate the coalition discussion. But right now, the two smaller parties have started their own discussions to figure out what are our joint topics in all these different political fields. 
And then they start to choose the bigger one. And that's really interesting and new. So there's two smaller ones, you mean the FDP, the Liberals and and the Greens, yeah? And the Greens, right. Mm. So therefore, we have two options. One option is that either they choose the SPD, which will become then the traffic light coalition. So red, green and yellow. And which I think is is most likely. But they also have the option to go to the Jamaica flag, which is then the Black Party, which is the CDU, green and yellow. But still there is a third option, which I always call a half option. Right from the numbers, we could continue the great coalition between CDU and SPD, just from the numbers. Nobody really wants it, but I think it's an interesting political pressure instrument from the bigger party to say, hey, listen, guys, if you two smaller parties are really going into a direction which I really don't want to, I still could go with the bigger other one, which is mm-hmm. then the CDU. It's it's very unlikely, but it's still possible. The two main options, they involve uh, the Greens and the FDP, and you said they're already starting to chat together, negotiate. I think that's that's very interesting. But what kind of power do you think the Greens will exert? And what are their negotiating points? They have definitely different topics, but I think the the biggest topic and the most important one, which won't be the most crucial one, I think, in the sense of a potential uh, finding potential partners, is uh, climate change and fighting climate change. I think all four parties uh, do agree that they have to do something, but uh, the way how to do it. That's a bit different. So climate change is a topic. And then also to reinforce renewable energies, it's clear for all parties, they have to do something. We have to have higher growth rates in fluctuating renewables in Germany. But how to do that exactly? Um, Do we want to increase taxes and have a new feed-in tariff? Or do we want to find another way? And the, the Greens really wanted to go much more into this we want to plan something, we want to support financially something, and then it will grow. And the liberals, the FDP, says, no, we need to have market instruments, uh, which will incentivize investments into that direction. So that's a crucial point, but it's not really a point where I do think that um, it will be very critical. They, they will find a solution in that. That's interesting, because on the one side, the FDP, the Liberals, are a party of small government, of, of fiscal prudence, of, of very little government spending, whereas the Greens you know, want to roll out massive investments. So how can you merge those two elements, those different strands? I think you can do both. Mm-hmm. Thinking about it, yesterday I thought, well, there could be a certain way. Because if you support a special financial tax reduction for investments in renewable energy, that's the plan of the Liberals you can incentivize a huge growth rate in uh, fluctuating renewables. We had this in Germany beforehand. There was this special tax reduction for Eastern Germany in the 90s until 2000. And in that period, there was a huge investment into uh, onshore wind farms in Eastern Germany. This was just due to tax reduction. And um, there is a certain way because then you have massive investments with a certain state guarantee, which is not a feed-in tariff, which is rather on the tax side rather than on the energy side. The second thing which might support all this huge investment is the potential growing inflation rate in the euro area, where investments need to have a much quicker um, cash flow breakthrough 
uh, within a few years rather than a long-term cash out. Right now, the feed-in tariffs, uh, or at least uh, as they have been in the last uh, 10 years, was a 20-year payoff period. And after I think after 14 years, they've been break-even. With a high inflation rate, you have an issue there. So you need a much shorter break-even period. But the tax deduction could do that. And that's nothing really which is going to hurt uh, the Greens. That's a very, very interesting uh, scenario there, Tobias. But who do you think would get the energy and climate ministry? Is, are the Greens the front runners for that, even in a Jamaica or a traffic light uh, coalition? Absolutely. So I think um, that will be covered by somebody from the Green Party. I don't know who in detail, but um, that's covered by the Greens. Um, w- there might be a fight of the finance ministry. <laughs> um, who's going to get that? Um, mm. But I think um, if it's something with green and yellow, then it might be for the liberals. There was a certain tradition in Germany that the liberals or the smaller party always did get the uh, foreign ministry. Mm-hmm. Now it becomes interesting who of those smaller parties is going to get that. And the FDP, so the liberals have been very good in that. And I think they cover that position for almost two-thirds of the whole existence of the Federal Republic of Germany. So therefore, it's quite likely it goes into that direction. What's of the Ministry of Economy, which then is really covering that because it's also climate. Is there a Ministry of Climate? Or is the Ministry of Economy? That's still a question. So right now it's joined into one ministry. It's the Ministry of Economy and Energy Issues. But will they separate that? Will there be a separate climate ministry? That's an interesting discussion. And it's quite likely that we, we might go also into that direction, that we have a, a ministry for, for economy and we have a ministry for climate change or against climate change. If then the Greens were to assume that ministry or have the Minister for for, for Climate Change and Energy, what can you expect there? Can you expect them to roll out renewables in a much larger manner and faster as well? Would that be one aspect? Absolutely. I think rolling out and having a higher growth rate of renewable energies is definitely a need to um, cover our climate goals. And even the climate goals we have today cannot be covered with the current growth rates. So we need much, much more there. That's clear. And I think that's clear between all the three or four parties. Again, only the instruments, how to achieve that goal, it's, it's, uh, th- there might be a discussion about. What's another topic is to reduce CO2 emissions, which is then will be the coal exit. Yep. Right now, we do have the plan, which is uh, the last coal power plant will exiting and phase out in 2038. In the official plan, it's interesting that um, they wanted to review this path in 2025, whether they might exit in 2035. So um, 35 is already on the table. The Greens wanted to be exiting the coal in 2030, and that might be an issue for the FDP. And, and I think they will bargain and <laughs> meet somewhere in the middle, which will be then a coal exit in 2032. Mm-hmm. <laughs> July and 2032. Yep, yep. <laughs> Maybe may in the middle of July or July. Um, yeah. And then they have the 15th of July or the 1st of July. No, joking. <laughs> um, but in the end is that um, they they have to bargain there. Mm. But it's it's somehow clear when you look into the coal exit in Germany, although they say it was a bit climate driven it was much more uh, policy-driven because it, fr- from the emissions, it doesn't really make sense that you phase out high-efficient coal power plants 
and let the lignite power plants with much higher CO2 emissions run much longer. Mm. So looking into CO2 emissions, it would be vice versa, that we will shut down lignite power plants and still run on, on hard coal power plants. And this would be policy driven. This would be driven from Berlin in terms of just uh, legislation uh, forcing shutdowns. Yes, but the, the only issue is that you still have the, the, the federalism there and the lender, and you will have a huge structural change, especially in those uh, areas where we still have lignite production and lignite mining. So, And that was the, 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 the main goal, why they really have a late lignite phase out, because they wanted to have the structural change in that area. Discussing this right now at the very high energy prices means that the financial compensation will be much higher. Of course, and that's that's going to hit the the, the finance ministry. But to be as I mean, on on the FDP side, wouldn't they like just the market dynamics to detect the coal exit? So, and the way we're looking at the moment, maybe there won't be that many online by by twenty thirty. Looking at the the price of carbon uh, and the price of coal. Well, yeah, but there's still the price of, of natural gas, yeah, yeah, of course, <laughs> um, which right now is an issue. Yeah, um, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but that's interesting because um, the Greens never said that market ne- mechanisms are really bad. They only say that the steering element is missing. But right now we have that in the market. The price levels, especially of the CO2 certificates, are so high that they change the merit order or have, or have the potential to change the merit order which is really interesting. And that's a political instrument. And um, it's a very interesting political instrument because once you reduce the amount of CO2 certificates, either on the EU ETS trading part, or um, you do that on the national um, fuel emission certificates, we have that in Germany since this year, Mm. and the prices are fixed, given by the government. If you are going to increase the price levels on the national part, and maybe on the European level, going to reduce the certificates, we will have much higher CO2 certificate prices in total. What's interesting is there that the primary emitter of those certificates is still the government of Germany. Mm-hmm. So they do have a positive cash flow from higher EUA slash CO2 certificate prices, which is an income which they could spend maybe into the investment. And it's not a tax. I think that's there could be some common ground there between the Greens and, and the FDP then. Absolutely. And I think this is, that's why I think um, climate and the discussion for the coalition with climate is important, but it's not so crucial. I think they will agree. And the way they're going to agree is why are emitting certificates in any ways. Mm. Maybe we will also talk about the new green certificates. What's really green? What does green mean? So certificates are a very interesting way to steer the energy production into the right way, at least what they think is the right way, and secondly, to um, gain some some cash flow from the governmental side. Absolutely. And then the, that brings in the whole green certificates debate as well, maybe on, on, on the EU level. But that's we'll maybe save that for another discussion, uh, Tobias. But you, you mentioned gas, and I also want to return to the high high prices we're currently seeing. But what about Nord Stream 2? So any, you know, if the Greens come into government, what will they do about Nord Stream 2? Can they, will they stop it? Well, I think they would like to stop it um, for, for two main reasons. One reason is, of course, we are still speaking about a fossil fuel, although the CO2 emissions of this fossil fuel is uh, compared to the others, the lowest one. 
And secondly, it's a direct connection between uh, Germany and Russia, and the Greens are not really Russia-friendly. So they, are, they on their own would like to stop that. But still, we have a coalition, and they have to negotiate that. It's interesting how the new government, how, let's say, Russia-friendly the new government would be. Can they stop it? I don't think so. We are very far down the way. Um, the construction is finished. They are still missing some licenses from the German part, um, which I think it's not a national license. It's, it's rather a, a lender license. And um, even though um, the, we also had an election in that area where North Stream 2 is really connecting, and Manuela Schwesig from the SPD, who was re-elected in that area, is very North Stream 2 friendly. So North Stream 2 will start production quite soon and can't be stopped. When you say quite soon, can I, well, <laughs> can I, I think pin you down a little bit? Of it? <laughs> that's the million dollar question right now. Of course. If I would course, know yeah. it, I could help the whole energy market within Europe. <laughs> and I, I just can give you a, a time frame and then it's great. But uh, whether I'm right or not, I will see then in summer next year. But I think we are talking about months and uh, not weeks and not half a year. So it might start in winter, which is great because the winter is crucial for gas in Germany. But um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think that's absolutely the million dollar question. If we had a crystal ball, that obviously would help matters enormously in terms of the, the current high price situation. But if I stick with the high prices at the moment, Tobias, what's the discussion on the political level about these enormous price swings north in term for power and for gas? Uh, unprecedented, you know, how, how sustainable is it? Is there a risk of political intervention uh, that the new government may sort of decide to step in and do something about this? We don't have such a short-term reaction as in the UK. So therefore, the government really doesn't need to step in as they did in the UK market with, with certain private companies for, for crucial productions. I think the, the government is not really stepping in and they will not step in in this winter period unless we will really have a critical situation, which I don't expect. Because we, we still have quite high storage volume in Europe. I think Germany is the second or first country with the highest working gas storage volume in Europe. Um, we still can compensate, even though the storages are only 60% full, one and a half month of total consumption in wintertime, if there is really a shutdown of gas production from Russia, which I don't expect. So from the physical side, I don't see a critical situation. From the price level side, there might be one, as we will see maybe a few higher price spikes depending on the weather. But I think the government will only interfere if the uh, end user is affected by that in a, in a strong way, due to the fact that most of the end users on the gas side and on the power side, uh, the electricity will be bought by the utilities in a yearly or two yearly average price levels. Of course, price levels might be higher for the last trenches, and power price levels from the energy side will increase, but we will still have the total cost of uh, energy slash gas for uh, the end user. And especially on the electricity side, we still have the EEG fee, which might be reduced. And um, on the gas side, you, you might see that on the end user side a little bit. It's a bit more crucial on the industrial side, especially because you have a much higher energy price percentage in your total energy cost compared to grid costs and all the other costs, especially for those industries who have not procured yet for next year. There are a few, uh, and they are on, under certain pressure 
on the financial side. But it's not on that level that I expect the new government that they must interfere or the old government, depending on how long the coalition talks will, will take. But that sort of brings on the next question, I think, Tobias. How soon do you think a government could be formed? How long would the negotiations last? And when would the new government be in place? Well, it depends on, 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 on two things. Um, one is that... Um, First, the two smaller parties must agree uh, on their coalition behavior, and energy is uh, not the most critical part. I think foreign policy becomes interesting there, and also uh, the tax and the spending levels of the government. So these might be the points how long to discuss and to, to set up the borderlines. And then they have to talk with the bigger ones. And uh, interestingly, the, the, the two smaller ones parties together have a higher percentage than the SPD or the CDU, meaning that they recover more ministries uh, than the bigger ones. And then it becomes interesting. They say they want to start quickly, and we are in October. I do not expect, honestly, that uh, we will end before December, or it will, would be a, a quite interesting miracle. Mm. Could be uh, four or five months, also half a year quite possible. And there's still the joke that Angela Merkel will still make her New Year's speech for us um, <laughs> because he's still in force then. And I think it's quite likely. So we, we will see Angela Merkel again on television screen. <laughs> but by the New Year, I mean, certainly over the coming months. That brings me to my final question then, Tobias. Who will represent Germany at the COP26 in, in the UK? Will there be some representation from the Greens? Yes, or? I think so. Well, well, uh, I would say it will be someone from the Greens, from the Energy Climate Ministry, and from the Foreign Ministry. Okay. Those two, because I think climate change is not only a national question, it's, it's a worldwide question. And the shifting around and the geopolitical importance of climate change is so big that the Foreign Minister will also cover that. And that might be the FDP. And maybe even Merkel as well. Maybe. Maybe. Depends on. <laughs> Depends on how these negotiations go. It could be her sort of swan song, her, her, you know, her final entrance. Yeah. This is certainly that something we'll be covering very closely uh, in Montel News. So, but uh, Tobias, thanks, thanks for a fascinating discussion on all the um, different elements in place. I think it's, it's quite a big puzzle, but uh, you know, there are certain um, strands, trends emerging there. So thanks again. Tobias, for, for being a guest on the Montel Weekly Podcast special. It's always a pleasure, Richard. So listeners, you can now follow the podcast on our own Twitter account, aptly named the Montel Weekly Podcast. Please direct message, any suggestions, questions, or, you know, let us know if you, if you think you have a good idea for a guest on the show. You can also send us an email to podcast at montelnews.com. Lastly, remember to keep up to date with all that's happening in energy markets on Montel News. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you and goodbye.